0: the season of Advent. This is Father John, and I want to welcome you to this podcast, which is a weekly reflection on the Word of God, helping us to grow in our faith, in our love for the Lord, and recognizing the power of God's love for each and every one of us. On this second Sunday of Advent, our readings come from Baruch, chapter 5, verse 1 to 9, and St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 1, verse 4 to 6, and 8 to 11, and then the gospel which we will read today is from Luke, chapter 3, verse 1 to 6. But let us begin in prayer, Psalm 126, 1 to 2, 2 to 3, 4 to 5, 6. The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. Let's say that together. The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. When the Lord brought back the captives of Zion, we were like men dreaming that our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with rejoicing. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad indeed. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the torrents in the southern desert. Those who sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. Although they go forth weeping, carrying the seed to be sown, they shall come back rejoicing, carrying their sheaves. The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. Together, the Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy. And now our reading from Luke's Gospel. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was tetrarch of Galilee and his brother Philip tetrarch of the region of Iteria and Trachonitis and Lysanias was tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. The word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah in the desert. John went throughout the whole region of the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths, Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The winding road shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. You know, it's interesting that Luke begins with a list of names. At first glance, you might say, how boring, or, or why is this so important? These individuals that are listed are not just any person. They are important political leaders and even a couple of religious leaders. It's in this context that John the Baptist introduces Jesus. So we come to understand that what is happening is factual, is real, and that Jesus is also someone very special. The prophet Isaiah predicted the coming of someone great. The list of all those names are individuals with powerful positions. But the one John the Baptist proclaims is one who will have a powerful position in our own personal life, in the very heart of who we are. Many powerful people are simply powerful, but mean nothing to us really. John the Baptist makes clear that Jesus is one who will be there for you, who you will accept in your life, and someone you will have a personal relationship with. John the Baptist was given the task to prepare the people to meet Jesus. He is described as a voice of one crying out in the desert. John firmly heard the voice of God in his own heart to reach out and, and call others to a real renewal. Prepare the way for the Lord. Prepare the way for someone of even greater importance than Pontius Pilate, governor, Herod, tetrarch, Philip, tetrarch, Lysanias, tretarch, tetrarch, and the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. Jesus is Lord, first and foremost. Jesus is not some fictional character. He is someone we should all accept in our life. We should really give attention to John the Baptist right here, right now, who is calling us to prepare. And the question I'd like us to reflect on is, how do we prepare? Make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The winding roads shall be made straight, and the rough roads made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. What in the world does, does all that mean? You know, I was thinking about all the decorations at my house. I have a beautiful tree my one stocking over the fireplace, lights. And it's so amazing to see so many houses with lights everywhere. There's even some contests on TV with homes that are the best decorated. All of these decorations we put up, but in a few short weeks, we will take down and pack them away for another year. But I ask myself, what about my personal life? What about your personal life? What decorations do you place in your heart and in your soul? Decorations that are not just for a few weeks, but remain forever. We need to decorate our internal being, going to Mass, even when you do not feel like it, going to confession, performing the spiritual and corporal works of mercy, that is, to instruct the ignorant, to counsel the doubtful, to admonish the sinner, to bear wrongs patiently, to forgive offenses willingly, to comfort the afflicted, to pray for the living and the dead, feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, shelter the homeless, visit the sick, visit the imprisoned, bury the dead. And we're also called to place the ornaments of the Beatitudes in our life. How else must we prepare? We recall that Advent is not simply a make believe season, Jesus has already come. However, as we prepare for the second coming, we must live in the light of that first coming. And and that means we must believe. We must act, we must speak, and we must live as one who truly welcomes Christ in our life. We must live as if today is the day Jesus is coming. We have to be careful that we do not become complacent or stagnant, thinking there is no need to pay attention at this moment. And with that in mind, we must live in hope every day, every moment, one last thing about being prepared is to call others to prepare. In a sense, we must all follow John the Baptist's example of encouraging others to repent, to seek the Lord where he may be found. That's the real sign that we are taking our relationship with Jesus seriously. You know, I massed the other day. I was told those in attendance that I was in a safe way doing some grocery shopping, and I saw someone in the wine section. And I said, you know, you're never going to find a choice wine here. And The person said, really? Well, where can I find a choice wine? I said, come to our church and you will discover a real purpose and you'll be filled with hope. Jesus came, as we heard today, so that we may see the salvation of God. Jesus achieved salvation by his death and resurrection. And at the second coming, Jesus will bring the fullness of salvation. You know, I think of the letter to the Hebrews, chapter nine, verse 28. Christ offered once to take away the sins of many will appear a second time, not to take away sin, but to bring salvation to those who eagerly await him. Think about that. No more war, no more death, no more crying, no more suffering. That's why we rejoice. Jesus is coming. St. Paul in his letter to the Philippians is very clear why we prepare and why we need our love increase ever more and more in knowledge and every kind of perception to discern what is of value so that you may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. Have a great day. Be sure of my prayers.